Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Live Happily Ever Awesome. Today, we are with Julie Rappaport, PACT certified couples counselor, and we are talking about parenting, parenting 101. We are, yes. Luckily, we are both parents, so we probably have a long list of things to talk about. Hopefully, yeah. Well, where do you <clears throat> What'd you say? Where do you want to start? Um, I mean, I think oftentimes there's there's a disconnect between the couple in terms of how they want to raise their kids. Maybe one was raised more leniently, one was raised really strictly, and so they either are coming from those perspectives and continuing that or they're um, or they're they've gone the completely opposite way and, you know, want to remedy how they were um, raised. And so if they're coming from kind of opposite extremes, I mean, they it, of course, is going to wreak havoc in the relationship as well as the kids are going to be aware of that and go to where, which parent they're going to get the most from. They're going to kind of play, you know, yeah. kids, kids are, are smart. They know how to get the one, the, what they want when they want it. That's the whole like good cop, bad cop situation yep. too, right? Where you ask one's, one's always a little bit hard. And I find that, I mean, I can probably look at my own relationships and relationships with other parents that I know, and you can pretty much tell sort of who's, who's the good cop and who's the bad cop or who's the disciplinarian and who isn't. And it's not always, you know, gender-based, right? It's not always, you know, the male is nope. the, the hard ass and the, and the female is sort of the, the, the nurturer and the let them get away with everything. I know, I know in my own marriage, we're the opposite. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm more of, and maybe it depends on the child and that's kind of something that maybe we should get into too, but I'm very hard. I tend to be very hard on my daughter um, and I let my son sort of get away with everything. Um, mm. and I mean, my husband kind of gets, lets everyone get away with everything. So, there's that. <laughs> but, um, I think he's definitely a, a little bit harder on my son than, than on my daughter, which is just interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, ultimately, you know, it is a couple issue. Um, yeah. but the kids, you know, it's like when the kids are in there and having that third, um, that we've talked about before, mm -hmm. it, it complicates things. And how do you, how do you then, uh, you have to kind of get the couple system out of the parenting role and have them talk about how do they want to do this thing? How do they, and, you know, if they can't come to an agreement about it, then, then there's going to be big problems. Um, they have to work together to figure out what is the 
the way that they want to move forward so that such that they can be on the same page. And that, that requires a little communication. A lot of communication, yeah. a lot of, um, you know, bargaining, a lot of um, trying to see where they actually see eye to eye on things rather than where they differ. Um, and so that, you know, if they, sometimes there can be, you know, hey, we, they're coming from completely different ways of, you know, maybe one's more of a disciplinarian, one is more lax. And so it could look like they could not meet anywhere. But if they, if the, if they boil it down to what do they, what do they want? Well, they want, they want their kids to be able to have fun, but stay safe. Okay, great. That's a place where they could agree upon and they move off of that like thing that they have in common to then formulate how they're going to, you know, incorporate probably both things to accomplish that end goal. Okay. And in what ways will the, will the children sort of manipulate those roles? Well, if, I mean, the kids, you know, want what they want when they want it. I mean, we all kind of do and at some, we just understand that's not the way the world works um, or hopefully do. <laughs> um, and, and so they are going to see they're you know, they're very savvy and they're going to say, oh, well, if I go to dad with this question, I'm not going to get it. But if I go to mom, I'll get it. So I will just go to mom. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is then dad feels undermined by mom because mom gave them the thing that he would never say he wanted them to have. And so then that causes couple problems and the kid just gets what they want, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I, I think that too snowballs into some other things I found in, uh, in my own relationship. So like my kid's dad, um, will often default to me for, for permission for things and stuff like that. And, you know, they'll ask him and he'll say, ask your mother mm -hmm. and, um, which is fine. Um, and he's doing that to avoid conflict with me. Right. Right. Because that's sort of what's happened in the past, but it, on the flip side, when he defers to me as much as he does, it just bothers me. And it, it makes me think like, why can't you just like be the, be their dad and make a decision too. And it's, it, it's like, you can't, there's like a no win situation for him because if he, if he does make the decision and it's the wrong decision, I'm going to be on his ass for making the wrong decision. And if he, you know, defers to me, I'm going to be annoyed that here we go again. And I'm, I'm, I'm the one that has to make the decision. It sucks. What's the wrong decision? The one that is not, in, not incongruent. Well, with, I don't think it's with, right. 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 So I think that, 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 you know, if we just take that as an example is like yeah. the two of you need to agree upon how you want to, how do you want to do this? And what do you, what do you, how do you run this thing? What is the leniency piece? What is the discipline piece? What, where, you know, and where does he get leeway to just make the decisions? Mm -hmm. um, or is it always going to default to you? In which case you're going to get resentful, you know, it's not right. Um, but yeah. you know, there's, there's something in that, that, that there's a right way, you know, it seems like in that scenario, there's a right way and you know what the right way is, 
but he's not aware of what the right way is. Right. And I just, and I just want him to make the right way decision and not have it to be me all the time. Right. But he doesn't know what that right way is. You have it in your mind, Correct. but he's not aware of it. Correct. And so it would take some communicating for the two of you to kind of get on the same page of what the right thing is. Mm -hmm. So it's not just in your mind of what it is, because that's a setup for failure for both ways. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, um, point. that's how that works usually. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, well, what, what, um, my husband and I have worked really hard on is that if, you know, if the kid, if one of our kids asks one of us for something and knows that they had asked their other, you know, me, let's say they've asked me for ice cream or something. I said, no. And then I, go to work and they, and dad's home. And so they asked dad and dad didn't know that they asked me. And so gave him ice cream. And so that becomes something where instead of he and I getting mad at one another, we are like, Oh, uh -uh. <laughs> right. we talk with the kids of like, listen, that's not how this thing is played. Like we are, he and I are a team. And if one of us says no, the other one says, you know, no, as well, if we're aware of it and you don't get to play it. Yeah. Um, and so even if he, like, in, this is a silly example, but just say that even if he was in, you know, if he's like, well, that's silly, why didn't you just let them have ice cream? Um, that he would never state that in front of me or in front of the kids. Mm -hmm. He and I would then talk and he'd say, gosh, you know, we would present it to the kids that they can't do that. And then he and I would go and talk separately and talk about, about why you were. Yeah. yeah. And like, how, how, how do we want to do this and what was going on for you? And, and that, so we never would, part of that is you never, ever throw the other person under the bus in front of your kids. Never. Even if you completely disagree with what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That can be damaging. Um, I would imagine. It's um, extremely damaging. Yeah. And not only just not throwing someone under the bus, but what about like <clears throat> mom and dad are in the same room and, you know, mom's letting the kids have it about one thing or another. And dad is just sitting there quietly, not saying anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my perception of that is that dad is not supporting mom in you know, it's kind of like a lie of omission versus an actual, an outright lie. It's like, uh, you know, avoidance, right? Avoiding, not wanting to engage. Um, can that be just as damaging as throwing someone under the bus? Yes. Um, you know, and obviously it really depends on the relationship because there could be some parent that is like, I don't want you to get involved unless I need you. But, but ultimately if, if, Yes. If, I mean, we, what we don't want is either if somebody, so, so let's just go back to a little bit is in that example, mom would be what's called the regulator and mom is going to be regulating the children kind of, so to speak. And if mom is dysregulated, sorry, it's, got, it's so true. It's triggering. <laughs> you know? If mom is dysregulated and trying to regulate 
the children, that's not going to happen, right? She's going to dysregulate the children and it's going to keep escalating. Can, so, you, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So understand when you kid, regulating versus dysregulating. Sure. So the kids are, you know, angry. And so in a sense, they're dysregulated, right? Okay. So the kids are angry. They're fighting with mom and mom is also getting angry and stressed and, you know, kind of, and so it, everything is hyping escalating up. rather than, you know, the kids getting upset and mom saying like, Hey, it sounds like you're really upset. Let's talk about this, like trying to bring them down into human brain. Right. Mm -hmm. But if mom is not able to do that because she's dysregulated herself, um, it's, it's, you know, if, if mom, let's back that up, sorry. If mom is regulated, so she's going to be kind of the master regulator of the children. She's going to be regulated and then she's going to regulate the children, okay. bring them into human brain. And if that's happening, then, you know, her husband, in that example you brought up and not saying anything, no big no deal. deal. Right. Right. Um, appropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but if the master regulator mom is losing her shit with the kids, then the, you have to have somebody else to regulate the regulator. Okay. Meaning mom in that sense is really needing help and dad is, needs to come over and do, and of course we want mom and dad to know one another well enough to know what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say in mm -hmm. order to regulate their partner such that then mom becomes regulated and can regain master regulator and regulate the children. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and oftentimes what happens is that, you know, and, and this is just an example of a heterosexual couple. It could be any structure, mm -hmm. but um, mom is losing her shit. And dad would come over and be like, why are you yelling at the kids? Yeah. Um, or, you know what, guys, mom is just stressed and you know what, why don't you just go out and play and then you guys could, you know, and then I'll talk with mom or, you know, something where if that happens, mom is going to feel pissed. It's oh not, God. it's going to escalate. So her. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it really does undermine, uh, in the, you know, for, in front of the kids, mom's authority. Right. Or ability to just like be calm. You know, mom's taking a time out now. I'm going <laughs> to. Right. Or I mean, but it would be great if dad could come over and, you know, whisper in her ear if if he knows and this works for her of like, I love you. You're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. you've, you've got this and I've got your back if you need it. And then walks away. Right. And then that just helps mom feel like, oh, oh wow, I'm not, I'm not on my own. Thank you. And. And so then she can be a better parent. Yeah. Um, or, you know, sometimes what my husband often does, which um, goes into another kind of couple um, principle of secure functioning, um, but it's it's actually really helpful. Um, I don't I don't necessarily know if I need it all the time, but it is. It, it just packs such a statement where um, 
I don't know, you know, one of my kids is entering into adolescence. And so, you know, he is testing out his testosterone and yelling, you know, he'll like yell. And if we're in the middle of something, and then sometimes my husband will jump in and be like, you absolutely cannot talk to your mom that way. Yeah. Right. And so he's protecting me mm-hmm. and he's also, um, letting me know that he's got my back and he's, you know, and those are all things that create safety and security and that I'm not alone. Um, and even though I could say to my son, you can't talk to me like that. Sure. Um, it just feels really good to have somebody on your team. Yeah. That's, that's, that's got you. Um, rather than coming to the kid's defense and saying, you know, well, you yelled at him so he can Mm -hmm. yell at you, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would say, uh, <laughs> so, I don't, I, I was just going to say, I mean, I think we work pretty well together, but sometimes he, he's just so much better at me than I am in terms of receiving feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just better at it. Like he can, re- like I can, in the moment I can say to him like, Hey, um, I think you were a little, you know, like not in front of the kid, but right. I would say like, like hey, right after, I think, yeah. think you might've been a little harsh or, Hey, you know, you were telling him not to yell, but you were yelling at him mm-hmm. and, you know, and he's really able, he's so good at just being able to hear it. And for me, I'm like, don't you fucking tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, you know, but he, he has to approach me in a different way. And he knows yeah. that. And we've talked about because he's maybe tried things that work that work when I do it with him. Right. And it's like, don't you dare do that. Mm-hmm. Like that will not work for me. And so it's really about getting to know your partner and what will work. It's yeah. not a cookie cutter um, recipe, I so like to that. speak. I also think sometimes too, uh, the kids will pick up on sort of how adults deal with arguments or fighting and sort of take on some of those characteristics as well. I know that um, in some instances in our household, people like to just sort of clam up and walk away. I noticed that a lot with my son growing up when he would get upset about something um, and he maybe didn't want to show emotion. He would just sort of, you know, shut down and, and go to his room and not want to talk. And my daughter to a certain extent, but I think more so my son. My daughter more gets just in this brooding, mean kind of way about her and just kind of pouts and there's no she's, getting. She's more wave and he's more island. Yeah, there, there's no getting her out of that. But he will just, <laughs> he'll just up and go. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, and and his dad and I both get frustrated with with that. Like, God, he always just leaves. Like, he doesn't want to talk about it. And, you know, that's a that's a tough one to sort of figure out as well. Well, I mean, I think if you deal with that, uh, he's, you know, more than of an internal processor, mm-hmm. meaning he's not going to externally vocalize what's going on, but it's important for the two of you to acknowledge he's, he's feeling, whether he's feeling angry or sad or upset, whatever it is that you, you know, you could go to his room and talk outside his door and like, Hey, you know. I get it if you're really mad and, you know, if you need space, that's cool. But I'd love 
to revisit this when we can, because mm -hmm. I want to be there for you. You know, that you could just be an open, open for him to process if, and when he wants to, he might not take it, but, um, but that you saw him and you saw his emotion. Yeah. He's not home anymore. So I don't have any opportunity yeah. to try that, but uh, that would have been good. Gr gr grandkids, grandkids. <laughs> I can yeah. practice on them for sure. The other thing that um, in terms of parenting, uh, well, I mean, there's not just one other thing, but one thing that's really crucial um, is apologizing. As parents, you mean to yes. kids? Yeah. Yes. And, you know, we talked, we talked about that with, um, with arguing between um, the couple and how quick repair is important. Mm -hmm. and why that is. And uh, kids are incredibly uh, gracious. They're incredibly forgiving. Uh, it's, you know, if you can, you know, say you're yelling at the kid and then you say, you know what, I'm, I'm really sorry for yelling at you. I should not have done that. I was frustrated and I lost my temper. I'm really sorry. Um, almost, you know, I would say eight times out of 10, they're like, thanks. And they move on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty darn easy. And what you're doing is modeling for them that they don't need to be perfect. And that when they are fallow, you know, when they make a mistake that they can, they can correct it and repair the relationship that you just don't allow a rupture to just be there and not do anything about it. Investor, for sure. What do you have to say about blended families and parents? Oh. <laughs> Surprise. You didn't know I was going to bring this up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, um, you know, uh, of course there's more, more characters involved. So it's right. um, much more complicated, uh, but kind of it, it's similar structure in that um, the new, the step parent and the bio parent need to be on the same page with how they are parenting, how they want to approach parenting. Mm -hmm. But then the bio parent needs to be the one to enforce it. Right. I would imagine that that's like a hundred percent bio, bio parent has to be the person. And then that <clears throat> step parent is just sort of the support Yes, the step parent the the step parent is the support for the bio parent because I mean the the step parent is already kind of at the odd man out position and the last thing that uh, that would work would be for this person to become, become the enforcer. Um, it just sets that person up to be the bad guy. Haha, <laughs> Joe. Yes, I know Joe, so I know what he's talking about here. <laughs> Some people have firsthand experience with stepchildren and not. But yeah, I guess um, that always seems to be an issue too, especially when you're entering a relationship where kids are older and there's already an established sort of way of handling the kids. And if you come from a completely different, you know, philosophy and, you know, you're part, you're part of the family, but not a parent to those children by any stretch, um, it's got to be difficult for everybody involved to, to not, to, you know, to have to bite your tongue for one and to not <clears throat> sort of get into arguments with your spouse about the way they're doing it, even though that's the way they've been doing it, whether it's right or wrong, it's kind of 
you know, not your place maybe to, to suggest or make comments? Well, well, I mean, you might think that, but the, the problem is that the, the, you know, let's just say it's a woman who remarries. Okay. And so there's a stepdad and the, the bio mom, um, the bio mom, the mom chose this partner, Yep. chose this partner and there's children involved. And so part of that is going to be parenting. And so, yes, she may have been doing this for 16 years her way or however long for her way, because that's all there was. Mm-hmm. But there's a new character and in, in the play, and she doesn't just get to steamroll them. She has to change in order to make that, to have equal power, right, in the relationship for the new parent, the step-parent, because... Um, Again, if she really wants to bring that person into the fold and have him uh, be seen as equal to mom, she has to establish that hierarchy. You know, it can't be that what she says goes and then he's one of the children kind of thing. That's just yeah. never going to work. Um, and it's going to have the the kids lose respect for him. And it's just never, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. So they have to then renegotiate of, hey, I, I parent differently than if, you know, than you do. I know you've been doing this for 16 years on your own, but we need, you know, this is where I think I could help or how I see things differently. And they have to get on the same page and things might change then for the kids. And then you have a, a, a conversation with them about, hey, you know, I know this might be hard, but we're going to. We're going to change it a little bit. And this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's kind of uh, letting the kids know why the things are going to be changing, but also that, you know, ultimately if, if one person is doing all the parenting, even if they are a really good parent, there's, they still have blind spots. Sure. And so, you know, having that second pair of eyes that balances those things out is just, is just going to be beneficial to the kids in the end. Unless of course, well, I mean, I was, I mean, if they let it go all the way to the other extreme, it's not going to benefit them. Yeah. Um, let's back up into new, new relationships. Um, pre-kids, um, is getting a pet good practice for parenting? (laughs) Um, I think so. I actually really do. I think it's, um, you, you learn a lot about somebody. Um, and it can really prep you of like, Hey, you seem really to let the dog, you know, do whatever it wants to do, or, Hey, you seem like you are, I mean, you're so strict and so mean with this dog, like what's going on. And then it could lead into conversations of number one, how do you want to work with the dog and parent the dog, but also, Hey, are we, if we have kids down the line, this isn't going to work. And I want to. Um, getting a dog after kids is the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it highlights, it highlights the problems that you would have if they were children. Yeah. We got a dog before we got married and we almost broke up. I'm pretty sure it caused a lot of, a lot of drama. Yeah. So. It's interesting, <clears throat> isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. So what else can we say about this whole parenting role in terms of relationships and some of the things that you get in your practice? 
Um, I mean, it really is being on the same page, being on the same team. Uh, never, if you disagree with one another, uh, that you still present to the children that you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if it's like a real, um, if you're, you know, the one parent is saying or doing something that you're like, ooh, I really don't see the benefit here, then you could say, hey, um, guys, would you give me and dad a moment to just have a conversation and then we'll get back to you so that the two of you can work out what's going on, how you guys want to, you know, kind of the plan of attack mm-hmm. and that you're on the same page and then go forward. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Okay. But that has to happen because otherwise you're going to be in, in deep shit. Where was Julie 26 years ago? Yeah, really? <laughs> so true. She's here now. So let's use her. Well, guys. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, that's actually something that I was thinking about um, yesterday is, you know, it's just so interesting that, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, um, kids, it's one of the hardest job you'll ever do, but most rewarding or something, or gosh, relationship is you know, so hard. And I just started thinking about it. I'm like, you know what, like, why the hell aren't we in school, like teaching kids how to have a good relationship, how to be a good parent, how to do these things so that they, that our divorce rate isn't what it is, or, you know, the happiness is more prevalent. And it just gotten, it really irks me that we don't set people up for success with these things. We're just like, well, it's the hardest thing and there's, and nobody's talking about how you should, you know, do it better. Um, but yeah, good luck. Interesting you say that because we do, you know, we teach very complicated math that nobody, you know, hardly ever uses in real life. Um, and yet kids can't, you know, don't understand the concept of a credit card or how to pay taxes or yeah. How to, how to maintain healthy relationships. You're, you're onto something there for sure. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody I was talking to yesterday was like, well, you're going to have to go to the school board. You're going to present your case. You're going to have to implement it in the schools. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just the idea person here. here. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody (laughs) else can execute it. Um, But, but I do, I mean, I just am thinking about like, gosh, you know, in high school or even middle school, it's like we had a conversation about how to do relationships or, Mm -hmm. um, and, and which could include parenting, um, you know, I just feel like people would have, you know, it's like, oh, it actually grounds things in reality rather than, hey, this is the fantasy of how a relationship is um, and, right. and that it just we works. From, we learn from rom-coms and social yeah. media. And, you know, what we and they just, people just have this idea of like, oh, it just should, it just should work. You know, I'm like, what makes you think that two people that were raised completely in different environments with different parents, with different cultures, with different, you know, that it should just work, you know, it's, it's just silly. It's really just silly. Back to the whole arranged marriage theory that I have, you know, know. something to that. (laughs) There is, there really is. I mean, it, I mean, one, especially if it's, you know, if you look at cultural differences, I mean, that's a huge one that people, you know, we're going on to a different topic here, but, you know, it's a huge one that people often overlook. 
um, because maybe they just don't see their partner as, you know, that they're like, well, yeah, that's, of course, they're, you know, Lebanese, but um, I don't see them that way, you mm -hmm. know, or, um, and, you know, religion or whatever can play into all of it. And they don't consider if you if you don't consider those pieces, you're missing, you could be mix, missing the crux of what's actually happening. And, um, and so I think that those arranged marriages of like the same culture kind of eliminates that um, variable. Yeah. Well, and when you think about it too, it's the, both families are very supportive of that relationship, right? Because they've, they've got sort of, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? Um, they've got stock in the, in the relationship, right? Cause they've yeah. all come together to sort of decide who's who. And, you know, oftentimes you need that support of family and friends. I mean, how many times do I hear people saying, oh, my daughter got engaged. And I'm like, oh, do you like your future son-in-law? And they're like, eh, he's okay. You know, or just, it's like, you're starting out behind the eight ball already, like at a disadvantage if like not everybody's on board or, yep. you know, that happens so often. Well, that's, I mean, it was just, it came to me. I'm like, oh, well, that's another, um, you know, thing we can talk about is in-laws. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's juicy. <laughs> it's juicy. Um, and how you, you know, it's always like, oh, that's always a, a touchy one too. Yeah. We'll but, put that up on our, on our poll for next week. I think we'll, we'll, uh, betrayal was a close second, but we'll, we'll mm. do like a little head to head where we'll keep betrayal as one of the options and maybe we'll add something else and see what people want to, want to hear about. Yeah. Betrayal is, is juicy. It's juicy. That's, that's a complicated one. I mean, a simple, but complicated at the yeah. same time. Um, <clears throat> so do we want to tell everyone about our new time? New time. New time. One, yeah. 1 p.m. Eastern Wednesdays. 1 p.m. Eastern. Right? 11 p.m. Mountain. That's if you the <laughs> The mailman just walked in. So thank you for my mail. Appreciate that. Um, okay. Are we good? Yeah. You're good? All right. Good. We will see you next week, guys. Thank you so much for coming.